Hey guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast Season 2, Episode 53. Today's guest, Lawrence Ola, is an actor, writer, producer, and musician. In this episode, we talk about his unconventional journey within the entertainment industry, his guest role on Upright, and he also raises awareness to an important initiative that are doing great things to help Pacific Islanders further their education. Without giving anything else away, let's get into this episode. Hey Lauren, thank you so much for coming on Let Me Talk podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here. No worries, thanks for having me. Awesome. So we start off with a rapid fire um, and... I don't know, people say it's a rapid fire and some people take a little bit longer than others, but are you keen to play? Let's do it. Awesome. So the first one is what actor inspires you the most and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd probably have to say um, Parker Posey. I'm not I'm not too sure if many people know of her, but um, she's probably best known um Maybe recently, if uh, she's most recently been in um, Tales of the Walking Dead, oh, yeah. um, The Staircase, um, the uh, Lost in Space reboot. Have anyone seen that? Um, yeah. But I most from I know her probably best is um, um, from Scream Three. Oddly, is is where I discovered her. <laughs> um, Scream Three, and it's not the best film. Um, it's slightly weird and quirky, and yeah. having her in it, she's um. She's been dubbed like queen of the independent films during the 90s. Um, oh, wow. And the the reason why I, uh, I really look up to her in terms of um, performing and acting is just I love her eccentric personality and um, the way she talks. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. for me, words have weight. And yeah. the way she articulates herself uh, when it comes to interviews and how she feels and her honesty... Um, I, I feel like it gives a lot of weight to the characters that she plays a lot in her her films that she does and TV shows that she does. So yeah. I feel like you know when she says the words, I believe them. You know, there's such a such a she has such a way with words, and sometimes people are like, what is this? What is this lady on about? <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, that's definitely my kind of person. My kind of person. I I, I look I look up to. So yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. Obviously, like in acting and. Um, I just feel like as an entertainer, like words, you know, people look to what you say and like how you present yourself. So I think it's like super important. Mm. Yeah. Um. So the second one is TV or film. What do you prefer to watch? I guess it depends on depends on my mood and what's happening. But if I had to choose one out of the two, probably. Oh. You've asked this. I've heard. I listened to your your podcast, but you've asked. This, I don't know why I'm so stumped. I should okay. should have a natural answer. Um, oh. It is hard though. It's very mood depending as well. Yeah, yeah. I like. See, I like sitting and having like a nice session of one thing, and you know everything's neatly wrapped up in a film because it's only what uh, ninety minutes to two hours, yeah. three hours max, depending on what it is. But then a series, if you're invested, if you get invested in something and you want it to be ongoing, you know, sometimes there's like eight episodes or, you know, back in the day there was like 24 episodes or something, you know, that's, but then yeah. they could, you know, you kind of beat a dead horse sometimes if it just goes on for too long. So maybe probably, uh, probably say a TV series because there's more to, more material to, to have in your hand. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I'll go for TV, yeah. 
more like more time to kind of um, see where the characters go and how they develop. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And the uh, third one is uh, blockbuster or indie. What do you prefer to watch? Oh, I'm an indie person. I <laughs> as much as you know, as amazing as blockbusters are, I I, I kind of get bored. I, I'm not. Yeah. Not, you know, when everyone oh, you know, when everyone starts talking about um. You know the Marvel universe oh, yeah. and things like that. I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what people are, are talking about. I, like, I'm still contemplating. Should I start with Iron Man? Is that the first thing I should watch? Because I don't know what's going on. But yeah, there's so uh, many though. Now it's like there's oh, you'd be there forever trying to watch every single one. I know that. That's why I just pretend. That's why I like oh yeah yeah. When people start talking about all these names, I'm like oh yeah um. Captain uh, Hulk or whatever. <laughs> yeah, cool. That yeah, that's like. sometimes you got to do that just to like engage with the person because mm. otherwise it just gets awkward if you're not a Marvel fan. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm so definitely not really a Marvel fan. I'm. I don't know. Like, oh right, right, uh, right. I cannot do them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the last one is: um, When are you most inspired? Oh, this is. <laughs> well, I don't know if this is appropriate now that I think about it. when I when creative ideas come to me <laughs> a lot of the, it's when I'm at uh, when I have time to myself and yeah. um, given that I've you know I've only recently um, moved um, away from my my really big family I've only started yeah. living on my own quite recently the the place of solace was the toilet so yeah. in terms of just having that five minutes away, just suddenly, you know, when I'm either coming up with ideas for skits or or songwriting, things like that, the toilet seems to be the best place where it all comes together. So, so. yeah, ex- no, that's so. I've had people say toilet. I've had people say shower. Like I even I find that um, the showers like my when I'm most inspired because I can just literally be there and just come up with so many ideas. Yeah, like, sure. whether or not they actually turn into something, that's that's a different story. But, um, it yeah, that five minutes to yourself can change a lot. <laughs> I should have just said shower. Can I say shower? Let's, yeah, let's edit that and just put shower as the answer. <laughs> you can just say shower. No, the, the toilet is somewhere. Like, it's actually, like, it's not that bad. It's, 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 a, it's a peaceful time. <laughs> Um, so basically I want to know, like, how okay, yeah. let's, yeah. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> so I want to know, like, how did you get into acting? What was like your reasoning that you wanted to start acting? And was it a big kind of revelation of discovering acting? Oh, was it a big, re- oh, getting into acting? Well, it was a, it was it was quite a delayed kind of thing for me. So uh, when I finished high school, um, I got into uni and I really wanted to pursue pursue acting from when I finished high school. And so I thought the goal was let's do do acting. I can't, you know, I can't wait to do it. Um, and the course that I wanted to do initially was in um, was at um, the University of Charles Sturt in Wagga Wagga. Mm. And me not being uh, familiar with. <laughs> With places in um, Australia at the time, I'm like oh yeah, Wagga Wagga, that's just down the road. That's um, <laughs> um, it's you know Wollongong. Like oh, well, Wollongong's like I just you know it's a five minute trip from where I live in um, Sydney. <laughs> Little did I know it was very far away. 
And at that time, I was like, oh, it's a, it was a bachelor in screen acting. I'm like, oh, it's really cool, and I really want to do it. But mm. um, the next best thing that I had was uh, somewhere at, um, it was a B, uh, majoring in drama uh, with cross-institutional mm. study at, um, gosh, where was it? Uh, the Australian Catholic ACU, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not as young as uh, some of your other <laughs> guests that come <laughs> on here. Um, it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, I wanted to major in drama and, um, you could only, you could major in it in, in Melbourne, but you couldn't do it in Sydney. So I had to do cross institutional study. That was the plan. Mm. Um, then one semester in, they ended up, um, Cancelling the drama component at the oh, no. Strathfield campus that I was at, and I was like, "Well, you can't do it now. Pick another major." And at that point, um, I was a New Zealand citizen, so I didn't have access to student loans. So everything mm. was just coming out from uh, my family. And that, at that point, it was just my dad earning money with me just working at Red Rooster. <laughs> I can't afford this every semester, so I was like, "I'm gonna maybe I'll leave this for now, and then I'll mm. you know start uh, start a job." And then yeah. get some money and come back to it. And then so I I stopped uni for a little bit. Mm. And that turned into eight and a half years working at um, uh, a manufacturing place for Lush Cosmetics. So that was like a... <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. That's actually really cool. <laughs> and, and like I'm very grateful for it. Part of me yeah. is so grateful um, for the fact because I, I learned so many life skills. I worked my way up into management. And, you know, I got to travel overseas to, you know, the UK and um, South Korea because of that job wow. and working there. So I'm so grateful for it. Uh, I met new friends. I met people from different walks of life. I got to, yeah. you know, hire people. It was, oh, it was just the bee's knees of working there. <laughs> and by the time I came to the, the natural end of it, mm. um, I just thought I've done so many things. I've hit my, I feel like I've hit my peak and it's, it's turning into something where like, oh, I need some new motivation for stuff. Yeah. And then I think it was the start of um, around 2017, I was in an accident and I need to have surgery. And yeah. so I couldn't be on the manufacturing oh, wow. floor. I had to mm. work up in the office. And at that point, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm not, what should I do now? I mean, it, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Um, is there thing, other things that I want to do before I se like kind of settle into somewhere? Yeah. And then I thought, what did I want to do when I was, you know, 18? I was like, oh, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to do creative stuff. And yeah. so I I went to sleep and I woke up the next day. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to quit my job and do something spontaneous. So I'm someone who likes to have, for the most part, things planned or some sort of set framework for things. Spont spontaneity works when I'm in a group. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah well, let's, do you want to go on a road trip? Do you want to, let's um, go to the beach? Or um, I bet you all my friends who are listening to this, like, when have you spontaneously wanted to go to the beach? <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, for me, spontaneity by myself is, it has to be something really, really big for me to do it. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? Um, while I'm still relatively young, let's let's do it. So I quit my job. I handed in my resignation the very next day. And... Looking back on it now, I oh gosh, I'd be scared to do anything like yeah. that now. But I felt like that moment of spontaneity for me was the right thing at that point in time. Mm. That like you know, I, I I think I trusted myself enough to know that I'd land on my feet, and I wanted to do something for me. Mm. 
And so just doing that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be creative and I'm going to do things. I've got a bit of savings. And that lasted maybe <laughs> three months before I was like, okay, you know what? I need a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like I did, uh, like I like I, I recorded music. I signed up to um, websites and uh, like I found uh, an agent. And yeah. then um, during that time, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's so cool. And then my savings ran out. And then I just thought, well, I need to live. Yeah. I need to pay pay bills, and so I did all little odd jobs around the place. You know, I worked in um, telemarketing, um, handing out fly- like a lot of. I don't know if uh, a lot of. I don't know if it's the same in Melbourne, but a lot of. Oh, um, honestly, I did. Um, <laughs> at one point, I did like a Christmas job, and I was um, handing having to get people to buy like reindeer ears for me. I had to go into like the city, stand there for hours. And try and make money. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I no, that, that thing. I was just about to ask. Like, there's like a like thing where like, handing out flyers and doing mm. stuff, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I had to do a lot of those things, and, like cleaning toilets as well. But you know, for me at that point, it wasn't about the jobs I was doing. It was making sure I was doing one thing, which wasn't you know standing for hours handing out things or scanning stuff or yeah. trying to sell, <laughs> trying to sell like random stuff to people over the telephone doing that to fulfill my creative needs and yeah. um and juicing re re-energizing myself to be creative and it was it was it was i look back at it and i feel like oh, it's, a, it's a new way of learning and i met yeah. friends along the way doing that and so from there i managed to land by luck my first national commercial maybe oh, halfway through 2018 and it was oh, by wow. a fluke like i didn't know yeah. what i was doing i Man, me and my first, I didn't, I didn't know what a headshot was. So I got signed to to Howl. There was the first agent and the only agency mm. that actually took me on, because at that point I didn't know what was going on in terms of acting. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just send it to like big, big agencies. I'm sure they'll like <laughs> really want to have me on. Like, what experience do you have? None. Do you have headshots? None. <laughs> so you know, I got my friend to come to my house and just like just take random photos and and good God bless. So she's. She was like, oh, yeah, I'll take these photos. Do they look okay? I'm like, I'm sure they are. Yeah, I'll get a job tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and and I, what? Uh, you did, pretty much. Well, well it, took, it took, that was February, I think it was, in the first time I got an audition three or four, five months after that. I can't remember such a long time ago. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, wow. So at this audition, I didn't know how to, uh, I didn't know how to, I didn't know what the etiquette was or what, mm. you know, how to act in an audition. And the audition was, I think, I had to be topless or something, and um, or, or something like that. It was outrageous. I'm like, okay, just go in and do it. So I walked in. I was like, I'm polite, and I just lifted up my shirt, and I started doing. They're like, oh, I, you know, most people wouldn't do that in the audition. From what um, from Peter Einberg, I went into Peter Einberg. She's like, oh, she was just so surprised, and my stomach, I think, was maybe two inches away from the person I was working with on the commercial. And they're like, oh, um, okay, cool, and um, I didn't get it. Mm. Um, but I made an impression on her because the next one that I got was the one that I landed for British Paints, and so oh wow, I'm always that like like going into a set like not really having any acting experience, and then like being on a national like commercial. How did, yeah. Like, were you kind of like a little bit intimidated, or were you just like going with the flow and hoping for the best? I th- I felt like it was all these new opportunities. I wanted to make sure that I had I was open to learning new things and making sure you know 
I am just starting in here, so I made sure to check myself to make sure, okay, this could be, it's not going to be instant success straight away. It's going to be working your way out, making sure, like I made sure within myself, always be kind and thankful and um, be just really uh, nice to people because Mm. that's what is, you know, that's a general human decency kind of thing because you don't know what's going to happen. You could do one thing. You could never be booked after that because... yeah. a lot of people who um, I went to workshops around that time were just like, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years and sometimes it's great and sometimes I don't have work. So mm. from this experience, I'm like, okay, you know, this could be one job and then I could never be hired after that. So just be grateful, be nice, learn as much as you can and just my rule just to say thank you at the end of the day and be, be grateful for it. So Yeah, and did you end up going into like any sort of like training schools or anything like that that um you can perhaps like give some insight on if people are listening to know like where potentially to go near your area as well like because you're in sydney right Mm, yeah so it might be just like interesting just to see different schools and things like that i so i don't have a really conventional um uh, layout of training. So for me, I, I, I'll be honest, I couldn't afford it yeah. um, at, at first. So I was just kind of winging it when it came to um, commercials. And so mm. after I got that first one, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, pr- I feel like I'm pretty good at being, um, playing <laughs> a yeah. dim-witted, um, aloof kind of character. So I'm like, okay, maybe just stick with that kind of thing and maybe it works. And it did work for um, a few things. And so I thought beyond that, uh, it wasn't until maybe 2019 um, where I thought, okay, well, you know, you've been playing <laughs> the um, stupid dad, stupid husband. I mean, I shouldn't say stupid. Maybe aloof, like a little bit. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like on the like um, kind of airy, fairy yeah, kind of side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was really natural for me to play. So I'm like, am I playing a character or is it just me on the camera? Um, and then I thought, okay, well, you know, to I can't keep always playing this character. I think you can have things that you're strong at, but to to main, I think uh, advice that I got from a friend was to maintain a career in performing if that's what you want to pursue. It's making sure that you you know you're training yourself up in new skills and learning new things. And so I thought, mm. okay, you know what, I will. Um, find a course like a friend suggested because um, I you know with my budget just do like pick a short course a six week course a ten week course um, mm. and then that way it's you're not fully being taken away from um, you know committing to like a year long or two year long bachelor course or or, yeah. or whatnot but you know you're still getting um, it's still work during the day and then during the night time you can go and study so you're still getting new knowledge brought into you yeah, um, in terms of sure. acting and so I wanted to do um, a beginner's course at uh, Screenwise, which is in yeah. the, the city. Um, and then I looked at the price. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's off the list for now. <laughs> and then um, there was a little module that they had from the course called the Eric Morris Method. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd seen uh, people always talk about Meisner and things like that. And so for me, I'd, 
I was like, oh, no, I want to be different. I want to try something. Everyone does Meisner. I want to try something different. Let's do Eric Morris method. And I was like, I had no idea who Eric Morris was before I did this. It was like the cheapest thing that I could find. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. It's only six weeks. And it was, I'll tell you, the first 10 minutes into it. And I don't know what, I, I've got nothing else to compare it to. But within the first 10 minutes of that class, most of us were crying and in tears. It was the most obscure feeling that I've ever had. It was... We were all learning in class. I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool. This is acting school. So I've got to, maybe it's different. And within the first 10 minutes, the first exercise that we did, we were all crying. And it was, I was like, is this the right thing to happen? Am I in the right course? And I, like, it turns out, like, I, it was, uh, it's a technique that I actually mm-hmm. really enjoy. Now that I look at other techniques and have studied other techniques or you looked at the outlines or heard from other friends as to what other techniques have. But with this one, it's, really sinking like really sitting in the situation and slowly putting the components together so it's yeah. i think it's something that I, I lucked out in terms of what would appeal to me getting into character and it's slowly you know starting with smells and sounds and building mm. the environment even before getting into character um and so that worked out for me thankfully yeah and do so you feel the- like um because you didn't have like such a like conventional like journey in terms of starting at training and things like that 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 helped you um be more free in like auditions because you you were just being yourself and not you didn't have a lot of like things in your head like techniques and things that that would potentially kind of hinder you a little bit oh 100 percent. when when i hear other people talking about um in their process and just hearing about like all this, the steps that they go through. Mm. Um, again, while mentioning like with the Eric Morris thing, because it was attuned to what I was used to, that was like a, a, like a light framework that was kind of similar to what the technique was, was already something that, that I was processing anyway, naturally for me. I kind mm. of felt naturally in the Eric's, Eric Morris method, but then hearing other people talk about the Meisner method and all these different steps, I'm like, oh, this sounds like a, like a, like an equation. Like I would be, like I'd be a robot on stage trying to like articulate myself and then going into it. So I, uh, whatever mm. works for people, I'm, I'm glad for them. But I think I'm, I, I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, I had some sort of grounding in my own real life and my interpretation of, of things yeah. um, were enough based on what I was given and what I was strong at. You know, I was, I'm really lucky that I had a, uh, there were there was material suited to my skill set that I was auditioning for or that I saw yeah. on independent sites and going out for. So I think I was in a really lucky lane in terms of the skills that I had yeah. um, were suited to some of the roles out there. And, give, and given, uh, maybe, I don't know, this might be a... Uh, uh, this might be a thing, this might not be a thing, but I think mm. being a uh, Pacific Islander, myself being Samoan and not mm. seeing many people out there... Um, do be uh, working in the creative arts. Um, what well, yeah. there are there are a lot of Pacifica people, as well, Pacific Islander people, um, working in there. But you know, visually, visually for me, like I don't see many, and so yeah. I guess maybe that helps me stand out in terms of look, in terms of oh, the, the aloofness of um, <laughs> the, the airy fairiness of a uh, Pacific Islander dancing around and being a silly husband kind of thing. Maybe that just worked in my favor, and I just was like, okay, yeah, I'll. This is me, and I suppose for at that yeah. time, 
what I was auditioning for and what I was doing, it worked out for me. So I, yeah. I guess so, yeah. I think it does make a, a difference as well. Like, because, you know, you see a lot of people that are just kind of thrown into acting and, you know, they haven't had like formal training or anything like that. Like at, you know, something like NIDA or something like that. Because I consider that formal training. Like, I don't think I've had necessarily formal training but I feel like if you've had some sort of if you've just been thrown into it it's a lot um Mm. easier because you don't have all those you don't have all those thoughts in your head and like it's only natural that when you go to a school or something like that you're going to try and when you're first starting out you're going to be comparing yourself to the other students in the class which can which can affect you if you let it affect you Mm. and and Mm. for a lot of for a lot of um, people, it ends up being that they have to kind of find something else to get out of that frame of mind, like in mm. terms of I'm competing with these people because that's how, that's how you end up feeling being in a school. I mean, depending what school you go to, but I feel like me as a person, like for a lot of the time I was comparing people comparing myself to other people and like other people were getting ahead of me and stuff like that so then I went into like film school to help me kind of you know change it up a little bit change the environment and like just Mm. and then I just realized that it's not about um it's not about you like in the casting process that comes down to like everything else rather than Mm. you like you the only thing that you have control of is like what you do in the audition you don't have control about anything outside of that that's it yeah i think i I wish a lot of people understood that a lot more uh coming into it but it's such a i think it's a wonderful thing to to have you know i think the what's the same comparison is the thief of joy yeah. And, so and sometimes you, that, you do need to experience that to know what, to know indeed. like where you want to go and and know that you don't have to, you have to experience to get out of it in a, in like a way that you can realize, that you realize you don't have to compare yourself to anyone. So yeah, I think there's, mm. there's like pros and cons to training, um, which I guess it's like dependent on the person as well and the, yeah, and who you are. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. Awesome. So you um you've been doing so much. Like I just see you pop up on like booked, booked, booked on how and I'm just like, <laughs> you are killing it in the game. But um one thing that I saw on your IMDB is that you got a guest role on um Upright season two and I wanna know as like a guest, what is it like being on set surrounded by like other actors? And is this one of was this one of your first kind of professional acting gigs aside from like commercials and things that you've done? I think I think it's probably the biggest. Um, mm. Like a, a guest role is just. I think the only other big thing I did before that was um, a feature, a supporting cast member in a feature film um, in back in twenty twenty, mm. um, but from that i think i've been doing like one or two line things here and there and sometimes i end up getting cut and sometimes it's <laughs> sometimes it's uh like my elbow or something well, okay cool well I'll, I'll take it um <laughs> but with um upright season two it just you know, came out of the blue it was a guest role so i'm like okay cool so you're going to be having main scenes with um the leads you know tim minchin and um mm. really um alcock alcock is that is that you said you know she's yeah. blown up now with um house of dragons so She's oh, crazy. It was. Oh, I, I, how can I explain it? It was. Just, it was. Fuck. Okay, I'll be honest. The <laughs> when people said Tim Minchin, 
I actually thought it was someone. someone, I thought it was some guy from Big Brother, Tim from Big Brother. That's who I thought it was. Because like, oh yeah, longish hair, fun personality. And then I met him on Tim. Like, oh, this is this is not Tim from Big Brother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was oh goodness, it was the from recording uh, from the recording date. It comes out in two weeks. The full series drops, so Mm. I have to be cautious as to what I can reveal and what I can't. But yeah. The people that I got to work with, oh my goodness, I, just seeing their process and how they look. I th- I try, I always try and, and um, you know, say to myself, you know, at the end of the day, actors are just people. Um, mm. They're just like you. They're, they're normal people. They, they're there to do a job. Um, they're going to be friendly. They'll be busy. But, you know, just seeing them in person and just having a conversation about stuff. And I think I can say, and I'm, I'm looking at the um, IMDb page now for the episode that I'm in. Mm. And I can say this. So in my episode, um, Noni Hazelhurst is in the episode as well. And I was so Uh lucky to work um, alongside her. Um, And Mm. just, you know, with Noni Hazelhurst, when I first came to Australia, she's one of the first people I ever saw um, on television. You know, she was on uh, presenting on Play School and uh, (laughs) Homes in the Gardens. She's just iconic. Just seeing her there, I'm just like, oh my goodness, she's so cool. And then, you know, Mm. she's there. She was talking about her son a lot and I'm really talking about his music career. And it just, you know, dawned on me. We're just all eating and sitting. There. I was like, I'm sitting on the same table as Noni Hazelhurst and mm. Tim Minchin. And we're having just all these regular conversations like we're normal human beings. I'm like, well, at the end of the day, they are. You know, just people can put people on pedestals. And you, and you can have people that you, um, I don't like to use the word idolize, but, you know, just really look up to in terms of their career and them being, you know, to some royalty. But, you know, mm. essentially, you can have a conversation with them because they're human beings, just like you. So, it was a yeah. lovely feeling to have that in-person kind of feeling, rather than just looking at them through a screen and be like, "Oh, I wish I could work with these people." And then you know, getting to work with them is like, "Oh, they're just kind, lovely people themselves." So, yeah, a hundred percent. And it's so weird because, like, even when even when you do just extra work and you see these people, and because. Uh, like as an extra you get to observe like everything you get to sit back and just observe everything mm. but you know it's true like we shouldn't necessarily put people on like pedestals but in some ways like you just can't help yourself in terms of like mm. when you see them on tv and you um and you've grown up with them like watching them on tv it's kind of hard not to put them on a pedestal mm. um and then when you see them in real life and they're just doing, you know, like they're just being themselves and you, they're like just normal people, it's, it, you can mess with your mind sometimes. I mean, depending who it is, yeah. but like, um, it's like you want to stay cool. You just want to be like, you just want to be normal because then, then it gets weird if you're not, if you're not normal. I feel like if you start acting like too starstruck in front of them, yeah. then it just, it gets a bit, it get, gets a bit weird. And yeah. like we all go through our stages of like fan, fa- being fan, fans. Of like course. when you know, but I feel like it's different when you start to get um, professional work in the industry. I feel like it calms down a lot in terms mm. of being like super starstruck. They they go from your your people you look look up to to your your peers, your coworkers. So you know you have to make sure you're professional to some level. But I think they. I, I, 
I think, yeah, like you, you can have your allowances in terms of people that you're all struck by. I think that's only a natural thing. We're human yeah. beings at the same time. But, Definitely. you know, keep it to a minimum and don't be just like, oh, my goodness, every time you see them and just singing them praises because I'm sure I'm sure they get it from everyone else they do it to. So I just thought I'd keep it to a minimum. Like, wow, Noni Hazelhurst, I've loved you in play school. And then I just kept yeah. it at that. Like, just keep, let Noni <laughs> I love that. Let You're just Noni like break. play school. Play school is like the bomb back in the day. That was oh, like yeah, so good. It was very iconic. Um, um, so if you can reveal what, um, like who who do you play? And did you do a lot of prep? Did you have to do a lot of preparation being a guest, or do you like what can you tell people about kind of preparing for a guest role? Um, well, definitely more than one line. That's for, mm. that's for sure. Um, but with my okay, okay I'm, I'm drawing that line. Okay, what can I say? What can't I say? So, um, if I need to like, come back to you and be like, oh, uh, sorry, can you just cut? <laughs> can you cut everything out <laughs> oh, from? Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. We can, we can, we can make that work. Um, and so, just in terms of what I can reveal about, it, uh, yeah, a guest spot is definitely more than one line. Uh, but for this character that I've done, I think I was really fortunate in terms of, um. Uh, I utilized my my character is called Quiet Colin. So mm. from that you can go there, oh it probably doesn't have much to say and for the for I I I think there's a good balance between more just facial expressions my character mm. has uh versus, you know, dialogue and things to say. I you know, I think what to say. You can if you can you can say more the more the well, I can't even remember, but you know, I say more with my expressions rather than my words. Yeah, I'll, I'll say yeah. that, and then I'll leave it at that because I don't want to get in trouble. Just you show it. don't tell is pretty much. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you show don't tell. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool though. Like, what um, did you go into the project knowing much um about like the story and things like that? Did they give you a lot of information, or were you kind of just going in a little bit blind? Oh, we only got um the scenes when we when we auditioned we only got the scenes we got the auditioning scenes and then we didn't even get the full episode we just had our scenes to shoot and i think they wanted to keep it like that so that that way we can see where we fall in in the bigger story i think over i think the season is eight episodes i think they wanted to keep that mystery around it so that way we can see where we slot in organically mm. rather than just kind of getting all this whole this whole world and be like okay who's this character we got this because i think one of the other again looking at the imdb page i'm not revealing anything that's not on the internet people who are listening to this podcast this <laughs> purely what i have access to that everyone else has access to um some of the other people in this episode who do other scenes you know one of them is um i think uh lucky not who's also part of how as well mm. and another one is um who plays from the only a younger version of Millie Alcock's character Meg? Um, we she she did a film up in in Queensland in Far North Queensland with the same company that I did. So, so there's little links to to other people out outside of the the story yeah. of the like I'm like oh this person's from here this person's from there but you know I don't know how they fit into the script because we didn't have um, their scenes. Yeah, so, so it's a bit of a mystery. Scene. Like a yeah. bit of yeah, that's awesome though. Like I feel like it's cool when um TV shows do that. Even like the like, especially like in the horror genre or like thriller genre. I think it's super important for like you not to get the script, all the scripts, because oh, yeah. mm. you kind of want to be like scared as well. Like you don't, you want to be like 
in not in the know like you kind of want to be like mm. left guessing like pretty little liars or whatever like obviously that done everyone's head in because we didn't know until like last season but they were also not getting their scripts like all their scripts so then they know who it is they did most of them didn't oh, actually know who it was right. which which is super clever i think it's i think it's awesome for that to happen in the way that it happens that's pretty cool yeah i i, I wish everything like that was, was like that yeah well you also do voiceover work so tell us about that because i don't really i haven't really had actors on here that do voiceover work how is that how does that differ from you know tv and film like do you find that is it takes a lot of energy to be a voiceover artist i'm gonna be honest with you zoe um after being scouted i'll go into that story but I feel if I got to, if I had to choose between acting and voiceover, I'm very sorry, Christy, if you're listening to this, but um, <laughs> I would choose voiceover. It would it takes away voiceover takes away the visual component to things, mm-hmm. um, but then it's making sure then it puts your the other skills and senses that you have to put out there the limited you know the basically sound. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's really scrutinized and really put under the microscope in terms of inflections and things like that. But I love, I love voice. I can't tell you how much I, I, I really enjoy it. But um, how I got into it was, it was a fluke, basically. Yeah. Because from what I've learned recently, uh, voiceover is really hard to get into. Mm. And I didn't know this. And here I am with my non-trained um, abilities just you know waltzing around the world being <laughs> a silly husband or silly dad character um, and they had seen the agency so I'm signed to EM Voices which is <laughs> one of the big ones here in Australia or Sydney uh, I don't know if that's correct or incorrect but I'm you know bigging them up what, what, <laughs> we'll just go with EM that. Voices yeah <laughs> um, uh, so they saw an ad I did for Sleeping Duck Mattress mm. and, um, and they saw it and they wanted me to they, the, uh, I think it was the sound engineer who uh, who works for them, who's also signed under, knew the person who worked, the owners of the brand. And so they got in touch with him. Oh, could we get him in for an interview? And I saw this email. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And like for me, I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. This sounds like a fun opportunity. If, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So came in, uh, you know, I did an interview and then I, just, you know, I got signed on the on the spot on the same on the same set on the same day yeah. I was like oh cool like you know oh, this would be like a fun little thing and it didn't it didn't dawn on me how big it was because mm-hmm. when I looked at the roster of people who were with the agency these are people that I you know all throughout high school I watched on television and in film and like there's so many big names to this agent like what <laughs> I'm part of the same age like it didn't dawn on me like I'm, yeah maybe that aloofness was a, a good thing coming into it because if maybe if I'd had been starstruck during the interview, like looking at all the walls and so I'm like, you know, I would have just been a blubbering mess. Like this is the same agency as all these other people who were really big names in Australia. Wow. So it was, um, again, it might've been a good thing that I didn't know much about it because now which is yeah. working as a voiceover actor yeah, simultaneously while being a, you know, film TV commercial actor at the same time, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it, it made me, it, I really had to look at 
my voice and how I talk because people, a lot of people can get compliments from people and say, oh, you should, you should become a voiceover artist. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's until you actually go and do it. Like you'll sit in and the, the engineer will be like, okay, change this, change this. Your intonation wasn't good. Maybe smile. And when people are like, can you put a smile in your voice? Just like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? That seems oh. really complicated. <laughs> smile, see, like, like how? See it with a smile. It's 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 like there's little, the slightest nuances and like little notes like that can really change how um, things are presented on on screen and uh, on mm. in in voice. And once you get into the industry, you see there's so many facets for voice to be in there like a lot of people are like oh you know doing voices on kid shows or anime it's like it's not just that you know oh, it's commercials yeah. it's you know telephone messages mm. it's you know ivf or stuff it's stuff that doesn't get released to the public but it might be like an educational video specifically for a brand's training or a school's training it's yeah. like all these different things like radio promos and you know wsfm one of like i've done all those kinds of things and it's <laughs> It's so fun, and I didn't realize that um, it, it just doing these kinds of things really made me listen to myself. And oh yeah, and it would help with acting as well because acting is all about definitely. listening, and you need to know, like, you need to be listening to your partner, your scene partner, and mm. I think that would help a lot. Like having um, doing voiceovers and things like that would would help a lot with like film and TV acting. Oh, for sure, for sure. I I think. Um, I think I'm at da- I'm in danger though sometimes where I get too comfortable with having a mic in front of me, and mm. then that that way I don't have to raise my voice so much. So sometimes mm. when I'm doing <laughs> stuff on screen, or um, I recently did um, last week my first uh, theater theater read for mm. the first time, and it's like oh, it's it's making sure to know when to kind of switch things up and know what medium that you're working in because working yeah. in voice for a lot of the time. Well, sometimes yeah. I record from my house. I'm not really comfortable just. Stand in front of the mic, do the thing, hey, and selling the product. And, you know, you're listening to WSFM and like all those kinds of things. And then it's realizing you can't do, you can't use that same volume if you're in a theater read or if you're on a, if you're shouting at someone to, you know, run away from the killer yeah. in, a, in a thing. So I, I think I got too comfortable working um, in front of a microphone to realizing, okay, well, this is one mode. It's making sure to switch it up and use the correct tone um, and projection for, for things. But I love it. yeah and i i feel like i mean theater is a whole different like thing like you need to project your voice so much in theater like because you have to like you have to be loud for an entire like audience that's Mm. watching you but um yeah no that that um that actually like has inspired me to potentially look into voiceover work i feel like it's it's yeah, really cool. It. Like even even when you see like animations and things like that done, and then you um, there's like clips on YouTube or whatever, like actors actually um, doing the voiceovers. I'm like, that is like insane how they do that and like how it all comes together, and the fact mm. that the director has to like direct how their voice sounds and things like that. I just feel like that's insane. And it's like, it's, I, again, because you lose that visual component to it, everything's just, it could be like one sentence or one word, just, can you say the word the in, um, you know, can you lift, can you just give it a bit of lift? Like sometimes the direction you get, sometimes it's, it's more like adjectives rather than, um, <laughs> can you just, I think I'll, I'll tell you the, the, 
the funniest direction I've ever gotten, and I don't know if you'll get in trouble for this having this <laughs> on the podcast, um, for a commercial I did. And it worked, um, but the one, the funniest direction I ever got was, can you sound like you've just, <laughs> you've just had the best poo of your life, and you've oh just taken God. it, and oh use that direction, God. and I don't know whether they use that take for it, but they're like, okay, no, that sounds good, cool. Oh so my God. I'm not going to reveal which one that is, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like, I don't want you to go search it. But yeah, that's it. That's that's a funny. Dire- How do you do that direction without like laughing the entire time? Because that's in that's insane. That that is actually a good way though. I guess it's not a bad direction. If it works, it works. But that's that's a little bit full on. <laughs> like just it, do it, it. I think it it helps for them to. You know, sometimes when you get directions uh, from people who... Because you can get so many people, different people from all over the world in one session trying mm. to articulate themselves. And I think, you know, like I mentioned before, how words have weight. Sometimes words have different kinds of weight for different people. You know how they... like I guess when it comes to training, different people will have different processes. And so in terms of articulating themselves um, to other people, you know, sometimes that kind of obscure, odd... Um, wording and description of things can work. And for me, um, you know, I'm the kind of person who loves a little bit of humor injected yeah. wherever they can when it comes to stuff like directions or bad news. Like, if you add a bit of humor in there, I can take anything. I can take yeah. anything. If you're like, like your acting was terrible, but like if you put it in like a, a joke, you, oh, I can take. No, yeah. I'm going on to a tangent. I think. No, that, but you don't take yourself too seriously in terms yeah, of like if I, someone were to like just throw something at you, like as a joke, you could be like, you can laugh with it. Yeah, if I can laugh with it, someone like wants to tell me something really serious, like you know, um, someone, something like someone you love might have passed or something. Well, of course, it'll be a terrible thing, but you can add a, uh, like say it in like uh, I don't know, maybe if it's presented in a humorous way, like oh, you know, they're not breathing anymore. They're going to be watching over you during the night, so don't do anything um, scared. Like I can, t- like uh, I'd probably be able to take it better than I would be able to, take, even though it'd be sad news. Don't know why I'm going into this territory. Oh my but god! Going no, back that- to what. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, we all love it going on a bit of a tangent, so it's accepted here. Um, so what? Um, so you in production work too. So you do writing, producing, and you also do music. You're literally like I don't even know how many like quadruple threats here we have going. Um, <laughs> so what? How did you like? Why did you want to start writing and producing? And has music also been a part? of like your uh, like your artistry for a long time too initially um on that last point too music has always been something i have loved from since being a little kid i think it was Mm. growing up and um i don't know how people feel about this uh, (laughs) but seeing um so growing up for me i love looking at i love watching pop groups and Mm. um, i love when i love teamwork i love um, when groups of people work together in harmony, I think it, it's the best feeling for me, and I function best when mm. you know everyone's got like a part to play. And so, you know, groups like S Club Seven, it was just the perfect thing for me to watch growing up. It's like it's you know boys and girls get, getting together in a group, singing, and you know sometimes not everyone got to sing. Like the there's a <laughs> there's seven people, but there's only one person singing, and everyone else <laughs> doing harmony. So I don't know how people feel about that, let alone the band members, but. <laughs> Um, from it, from from music, and and I think, and when it comes to acting as well, when you see ensembles and yeah. you know everyone playing a part, like that's what I love. That's what I really want to 
um, work in in the future when it comes to as, as many ensembles as I can. Yeah. And so from a music musical perspective, um, seeing that growing, I was like, oh, I'd love to be in a group. I want to be in a group when I'm older. And um, unfortunately, I always had this impression that I was a good singer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it took me a while in um, my 20s, uh, during my 20s, like I really went out to like Korean barbecue and um, the karaoke room, the private karaoke rooms of my friends from work when I used to yeah. work at um, Lush all the time. We do it almost every weekend. And then it just got to a point where, like, oh, I was doing all the high notes and all these songs. And then one person, just uh, like a friend, was like, you know, I thought you'd be a really good singer, but you're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> just like, blunt out says you're not. I think I needed that kind of wake-up call in terms of what my talent would be. And so I, from then, I was just like, oh, well, I can still love um, mm-hmm. music and singing, but maybe not necessarily me being the one singing everything. Yeah. And so from there, it got me looking at songwriting um, and and making melodies and words and, you know, uh, putting together like simple, simple works to take to producers and then music producers and then, you know, work from there. So it mm. was um, a really humbling experience coming into music and you know, now I now I believe I can sing a little bit better, but I'm not I'm not a Whitney Houston. I'm not an amazing. Vocal. I'll be like, I don't think anyone is Whitney Houston. <laughs> I, I thought so I was. I, thought I, I was. mean, yeah, like like have high hopes. Like I'm, but like I, I just feel like even the artists that actually can sing will never compare themselves to Whitney Houston. I don't know. I just think that's a that's next level. Like, mm. I mean, what? How do you know? I mean, you could go on Australian Idol just test it out see how you go um but then you don't want to become the joke on australian idol like that's embarrassing that's yeah i i feel like you know working in this industry and having people who've worked on production behind the scenes you know Mm. when it comes you know segueing into producing it's um it's making sure that you put the components together for a show that you can either have um how would I put it? You know, when it comes to reality shows, and I say that with you know the um, the fingers, the bunny, the bunny fingers. You can't see mm. it right now. It's a podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, as a you know, working as a producer, you're there to people will come to you for the things that they need, yeah. and essentially, you know, for a, a show to, to for people to watch, you want it to make it exciting. You want it to be interesting, and so you're essentially there to put all the components together. And so when it comes to shows like Australian Idol and um, other reality shows, you know, there's, yeah. you know, there's the component where people come onto the show and, um, you know, they have their stories and, uh, you know, my heart goes out to the, the folks who are genuinely there who say, you know, they want to provide for their families and, and do like things, things like that. And I think, oh, you know, that's a, a wonderful cause to have or there's, they want to mm. bring awareness to things. And I think it's a great thing and a great platform to have if, you know, there are, if there's allowances in the program slot to showcase that kind of stuff. But, you know, from a producer's point of view, mm. you know, you need to, you need, you need to put together a compelling, a compelling story. Oh um, yeah. And, um, an, an, an episode, or you need to be putting things together <clears throat> that you have eyes watching and eyes interested. And that makes up different components of sometimes, yeah, I don't know how to put it nicely, but sometimes, the people who get through on on Idol 
or those shows, at, at least with the experiences that a few of my friends had back in the day before mm. it, it came back, it was there's before you know people think the first audition they see in the room is the first audition, but there's like a producer's you audition a few times before you actually get to the room with oh, the judges. Yeah. And, and so, there's a way they do things. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like anyone that watches reality TV shows um, have kind of, with the amount of reality TV shows that we have here, have kind of gathered that it's it's about the storyline, finding the storyline, finding the finding the like, mm. as you said, like ensemble that that are gonna be like all kind of look good and all this kind of stuff. I know it sounds really bad, but um, they want the more compelling stories than if you come into the reality TV shows without a story, unless it's like a dating show, because that's that's pretty much trash. But, like, (laughs) not everyone is trash. Just saying, like, the dating shows, I don't care if you have a story or not, whereas the talent shows... They care if you have a story. Like, that's yeah. their heavy... Like, that's where where it's at. Like, if you don't really have a story, then, I, like, it's sad. But, like, I, even if you can sing, like, if you don't have a story, I feel like they just... Yeah. They're not... They're not interested because they need, they need something that's going to um, evoke an emotion in the people that are watching. That's it. And it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a pity because you see people who go on to audition, never make it through, and they, you know, They'll go on to bigger and better things on their own kind mm-hmm. of merit, but you know it's. I think I, I just I I don't. I wish people wouldn't romanticize it as much as they would, and especially when I see people going in with like family reasons. You know, I want to provide for my family. It's just my advice would be to still have that if that's your thing. That's your thing, but making sure you don't put all your eggs in that one basket. You know, relying oh, yeah. on that audition, that thing to go through because I'm. You know, with contracts that come to it and like ownership of media and things like that. Like, there's all this complicated stuff that oh, goes definitely. into those kinds of things. So definitely. Uh, and so you in are you kind of well and truly into like producing and writing like your own content now, or are you kind of just starting to learn more about it and there's gathering? Like few, there's f- like a few small things that I've done for my own. Things. Some of them mm. have n- not come to... Some of them are still in the vault. Some of them have yeah. come out and I've just done willy-nilly with no producing skills. I'm like, wow. Mm. Uh, when I when I first got into it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And <laughs> I did stuff and I'm like, wow. But, you know, you have to you have to do that to find out where, um, <laughs> where your skills lie and what not to do. I feel like mm. it's a good guidance thing to be... Have no fear and just jump into things. I'm like, wow, you know, this isn't... The greatest thing, but you know, for next time, you know what? What's the thing? The first pancake that you, you know, the first pancake that you have, it's not the most shapely one. It's not the best looking one, but mm. at the end of the day, it's the first one, and yeah. it will help guide the rest of the pancakes along the way. So exactly, and you have to try something, and even if you don't it. enjoy it, you don't have to do it again. That, that's it, and I, I feel like when when. I came into this industry, it was like, oh, acting, 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 that's all I want to do. Mm. But you come into it and there's such a all, in, it's an all-encompassing, being creative is like an all-encompassing yeah. term, which, uh, you know, covers so many different sections to to the area. And I find myself slowly, um, again, if Christy's listening, I'm very sorry, um, <laughs> being drawn to either being behind the camera or in other elements, you know, being drawn more to music or more to other things besides acting. I always love acting. It'll yeah. be like a passion of mine, but it's not the only thing driving me. But I feel like 
diversifying my interests within the same industry is really helpful. Um, especially it helps with like burnout and just with things. Yeah. I think one thing I'd probably want to clear up that I've never done before mm. um, on in, in, in interviews is I think a lot of people see, again, the rom- the romanticized version of being an actor. Like, oh, they see me doing really well and, and doing all these things, which, you know, I'm very grateful for. Um, but at the same time, you know, the ratio of how many things I haven't gotten um, you know, things I've been oh, rejected yeah. from is far, way bigger. And this this goes beyond um, things that I do under, you know, agent. And, you know, it's my own independent stuff. It's things that I reach out to people. Like, I've faced many rejections before yeah. um, to get where I am over the years. And they far outweighed the number of wins that I've had. And so, you know, my if anyone's listening out there be, becoming an actor, you hear a lot of no's oh, before you hear yeses. Yeah, without and a so, doubt. mm and I've never, I don't think I've ever had that, um, the opportunity to just quickly say that. So I just putting it out there. Yeah. And it's important because like, unless, you know, um, and that's like, it's important to say that. And it's also important to have other things in the industry that you're doing, even if it's like outside of the industry and you have mm. another passion somewhere, but just talking in terms of like, like within the industry, if you get into production, if you get into writing, if you get into, you know, something behind the scenes, you start to have um, a lot more control over how your mm. career is going and, like, you don't feel as stuck in one thing And because I find that's a lot of how a lot of people just quit and let it go because they don't – they just find, okay, I'm just getting rejected it from everything. I don't have – like I just I can't do this because like they don't have they haven't tried to do writing or producing or directing it or Mm. and some people don't want to do that and that's totally fair enough I just think it's super important even just to think think about possibly doing it um because it makes a huge difference it like it changes your mindset and you're not just Mm. you're not just stuck in acting and you can actually find new passions within the same industry that's it like my one thing i suggest to people if you can get if you can get a job working on the crew of something Mm. please do it if it's a production assistant if it's a runner if it's uh any kind of because you will appreciate the jobs as an actor you are one component to a bigger machine when it comes to any production whether it's a big major thing or if it's like things that your friends are doing it's still you know, you're, being an actor is one component to a bigger picture of a production that you are part of, regardless of the size. So, if you can get a, if you can get yourself a PA job, something like that, on a set, I guarantee you will appreciate the crew a hundred times more for the things yeah. they do for the actor. Because sometimes people don't realize it as an actor. You're like the last thing people are concerned about. You learn your lines, you come on set, you do your thing. Yeah. But a production, you know, they're there before you. They're there after you. You know, they're preparing things for you so you're comfortable as an actor. So I suggest if you, you know, if things aren't working out for you in the acting thing or you're taking a break from it, give it, give it a shot. If it's something that you don't want to do, I suggest trying it at least once. Yeah. At least once just to get that experience. Because I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, you will appreciate all the things that you that you have to worry about both as an actor by itself and the people around you. Well, you... Work on a crew. That's my suggestion. Mm. You will appreciate the people around you. And if it's not your jam, it's not your jam. So, yeah, all you can do is try and see where it, where it, see where you land with it. That's it. That's yeah. it. 
Well, we have reached the end of the podcast, but before we um, finish up, we usually do a raise awareness section. And um, were you wanting to say what you want, what you're raising awareness to today? Let's get into it. Yes. So uh, recently, with um, uh, a lot of uh, creative, uh, creative thing that I've been doing recently was um, heavily based around um, Pacific Islander and performance <clears throat> uh, performers um, of Pacific. Islander origin and this led me to discovering a organization called PATH and so that stands for Pacifica Achievement to Higher Education. So they're an organization that helps encourage uh, current Pacific Islander students in secondary education as well as uh, primary consider the option of furthering their education. Mm. So the the usual thing that I've seen during uh, my time um, is once high school's over for a lot of Pacific Islander students is um, jumping straight into the workforce yeah. to provide an income for families. Mm-hmm. And while there isn't anything wrong with that, um, as it's a preference for some and sometimes school and learning isn't, you know, the main focus for them, it's affording the youth the option of considering the possibility of looking uh and looking at what would be possible through means of workshops or outreach programs and information sessions that are conducted by the program and considering the the, the possible options beyond uh, on that. You know, it's allowing them to recognize the potential of, of themselves. And, you know, if you did maybe go want to go into tertiary education or, or TAFE or anything that's beyond high school year 12, um, yeah. it's allowing them to consider the options or have the options. Because sometimes from what I've been growing up in, you know, it's usually, you know, physical labor, a lot of um, islanders, a lot of boys you might see in the mm. construction or workforce, and there's nothing wrong with it. But um, PATH helps um, people recognize um, beyond that what they can do, what what's out there on offer. Um, yeah. Because in terms of the percentage of uh, Pacifica, um, students being out there in um, you know university sometimes they're the first you know I, for me I was the first person in my family to go to university yeah. and that can be a big thing um, for our community so with things like PATH they can include uh, folks from the community prominent uh, Pacifica figures and groups from organizations just to help understand uh, their potential is what they should choose should they yeah. if they choose to further their education so shout out to PATH they're celebrating their 10th year 10th year this year so just thought i'd give them a shout out in terms of what they're doing for my community out there yeah that's a really good like it's a really good resource to have and a really good organization to um have to support you know pacific islanders and things like that even you know because education is important in like in so many ways like it helps with you know going out into the workforce and it also allows you to kind of figure out after school like what you want to do because a lot of Mm. school like school's very like a controlled environment and very um you know one way um but university isn't and like there's so many there's so many different avenues that you can take in university so if you get that opportunity and you have an organization like path willing to help then Mm. you know you just never know what can happen and it might be something that will change your life for the better. That's it. That's it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and I just want to say, like, good luck with everything and you're, like, doing amazing things so it's awesome to see and 
obviously we're part of the same management so i see all your stuff on <laughs> our instagram <laughs> just like oh my god like this, this guy he's just like killing it um but yeah it was a really good conversation to have and i think that your um journey so far is going to be something that inspires people that are listening and it's not the conventional journey and it's not the same no journey is the same but um yeah even people in your community hopefully this helps them like kind of get out there and and do different things and take risks because if you didn't take risks at the start then i don't think that you would necessarily be doing what you're doing right now no that's it perfectly said zoe perfectly said (laughs) thank you (laughs) well thank you so much and yeah good luck with everything all right cheers zoe thanks for having me on Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast platform you use. And while you're still there, please leave us a comment, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.